God, we thank you for Peter's message that he preached on the day of Pentecost. The incredible story of Jesus that he shared and the response of the people. We pray that you would give us wisdom today. That the same spirit who spoke to those 2,000 years ago would speak to us now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever had a recurring dream, that strange kind of dream that just appears over and over again? I don't mean just that you've had it once or twice, but it has appeared numerous times, and uh, it could be a really bizarre dream. Uh, Usually it is something out of the ordinary, uh, but it just keeps coming back over and over again. I've had some of these dreams throughout my life, and usually they'll last sometimes for a number of years uh, before it moves on to another recurring dream. Actually, when I was a teenager, uh, I had this recurring dream that my teeth were falling out. Not just one, but I'd be sitting there, you know, maybe uh, eating a cookie or something like that, and like eight of my teeth would fall out in one sitting there. And it got to the point where it was happening so often that when the dream happened, I knew that I was dreaming that I would be aware of it. I'm like, oh, not this dream again. And I'd be like, okay, well, I just got to get through this dream. And so I would be fully aware that I was dreaming at the time. Well, I haven't had that dream in a long time, but there is another recurring dream that I have. And in this dream, I am uh, either walking by or driving by uh, the house in Meriton that I grew up in. And as I'm going by, I look, and in the front window, I can see my father uh, sitting in his chair, the the place where he usually was, uh, looking out the window, and he would, like, wave at me, and I would stop and go in. Now, what, why this is strange, it's not strange that I would be walking by there, because I, I do actually drive, I don't walk by it, but I, every once in a while, I'll drive by the old house just to see uh, what's happening. But uh, what is strange about it is that my father died um, over 15 years ago, and my mother died um, uh, just over 10 years ago, and so it would be really strange to to see them. But in this dream, uh, they you know, wave me in, and I come in, and in the dream, I'm fully aware that they're supposed to be dead, and yet there they are. There they are. They're talking to me. It's not like I've gone back in time. It's as if they never died. That's the the, the sense that's going on. In fact, I. I'm afraid to say anything. I don't want to break the spell. I don't want to uh, prevent anything from happening. I just kind of talked myself into it. Well, I must have dreamed that they died because here they are. And so I have a really nice visit with them. And then I wake up. Well, of course, it is just a dream. But the disciples, they had experienced the death of the most important person in their life, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. He died. They knew that he died. No one survives a Roman cross. Uh, There were witnesses to the actual death. And yet, there were those who claimed to have seen him alive. But this wasn't a dream. He really was there. It wasn't just one or two people who were missing him and their subconscious was speaking to them. Rather, over 500 people saw him during those 40 days between his resurrection and his ascension. 
The resurrection of Jesus is essential, and that's what we're going to be looking at. As we look at this portion of Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost, and it's important for us to remember that this is a part of the same sermon that he was preaching last week. As we looked, uh, he was there in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost with other followers of Jesus. There were other people from all over the Roman Empire who were Jewish, but who were in Jerusalem visiting for the festival. The Holy Spirit had been poured out. Peter identified this with the prophecy of Jewel. And it's important to remember in that prophecy of Jewel, it talks about being in the last days. And so there was a real eschatological, that is like an end times kind of feel to that jewel prophecy. And I want you to be thinking about that. Just hold on to that thought about uh, this connection with the end times. And so they, uh, they saw that the Holy Spirit had come out and Peter had uh, preached this message about what was happening. But he didn't want to just explain what was happening. He also wanted to explain what they were supposed to do. And that prophecy in Jewel has the phrase, all those uh, who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, it'd be really nice if, uh, if Peter explained what that meant. Instead of just saying, you know, this is what you have to do, call on the name of the Lord. Uh, what does that mean? What does that look like? And one of the things that's kind of interesting in the Old Testament, in Joel's original prophecy, uh, that's referring to Yahweh, uh, the, the name of God that we sometimes use as Jehovah. But the name of the Lord, in the way that Peter uses it here, is as Jesus, those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. And so Peter goes on to preach who this Jesus is. And he says that Jesus performed great miracles. Well, that by itself was not necessarily enough to make someone a follower of Jesus. There were other people, other teachers who seemed to have uh, committed or who had performed miracles. In fact, there were later Jewish traditions who did not deny that Jesus had performed miracles, but they believed that he did it by black magic. And then Peter goes on to talk about the death of Jesus. And I need to be very clear in this because he, he pins some blame on the death of Jesus to the people who he's talking to. And all too often people have looked at this and saw this as reason to blame the Jewish people for the death of Jesus and use references like Christ killers and so on. And that has happened throughout history, and yet that's not appropriate because we need to remember that all of the followers of Jesus at this time, including Peter, were Jewish. And so when he's saying this, he's referring to some people who were in the crowd because when we go back to the Passion narrative, we saw that there were people in the crowd who were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. It wasn't the Jewish race that called for the crucifixion of Jesus, but there were some people who were there in Jerusalem who had done that. So he speaks of the death of Jesus on the cross, but that too by itself was not enough to make someone a follower of Jesus. Can you imagine going up to someone and saying, you know, you really need to follow our teacher. He is the great Messiah. And you respond by saying, oh, that's interesting. So, so what did he do? Oh, he died on a cross. Yeah, he died this really painful death. You've got to follow him. He's great. 
And people would be like, what? What? Doesn't that mean that he failed? Like, that's defeat. That's what dying on the cross means. You, that you weren't who you say you were. That's how people would respond. And so the death by itself was not enough. Then Peter goes on to speak of the resurrection. And this is the, the key to his argument. In fact, this was the core of the Christian message. As we go through the book of Acts, we will see that the focus always was on the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, sometimes they didn't even talk about the cross. They only talked about the resurrection. And I love what Peter says in here. He talks about how it was impossible that death would be able to hold on to Jesus. It was impossible that that happened. Meaning that the resurrection was inevitable. From a human perspective, when people saw Jesus dying on the cross, they would say, oh, you know, he has really lost it now. Like, there is no way that he is coming back here. This is looking as grim as it possibly can. And yet, even at that moment, it was impossible for death to hold on to Jesus. The resurrection had to happen. Now, remember I said that that prophecy of Joel had that kind of end times feel to it? Well, the Jews understood the resurrection, and they saw the resurrection not as someone returning back to life the way Lazarus had uh, come back to life or some of the other people that Jesus had raised, because all those people got old and died again. But Jesus received a resurrection body, and the Jewish people believed in that, but they believed that it happened It would happen in the end times. That's when that would take place. And so this actually is a sign for us, both the pouring out of the Spirit and the resurrection of Jesus, that the end times have come. So people will say to me sometimes, you know, Steve, do you believe that we're in the end times? And I'll say, yes, we are definitely in the end times. However, the end times have been going on now for about 2,000 years. So I can't get any more specific than that. But yes, we are in this this stage of salvation history and we see the response to this and the response is not just to hearing about miracles or hearing about the death but hearing about the resurrection 3,000 people responded by repenting and being baptized now I got to say you know as a as someone who preaches for a living considering this was uh, Peter's first sermon that he ever preached 3,000 people getting baptized not bad not bad for a beginner you know yeah yeah it was pretty good so that's what happened in the time of uh, peter and those early disciples but what does it mean for us what does all of this mean for us this focus on the resurrection of jesus well what it means is we get this one holiday every year. We're going to have one Sunday every year where we're going to sing some wonderful Easter hymns, uh, some of my favorites that talk about the resurrection of Jesus, and we'll have a special sermon about the resurrection of Jesus, and we'll do that once a year. That's the impact that's going to have on us. Well, maybe it's going to have more of an impact. Uh, the resurrection should, as it was back then, still be the core of our message. That's what it's supposed to be. You know, there were many times that when I would ask people, what is the gospel? And people would say, oh, I can tell you what the gospel is. The gospel is that Jesus died on the cross so that you can go to heaven. That's the gospel. And it is true that Jesus died on the cross, and it is true that by faith we will go to heaven. 
But just saying that Jesus died on the cross is not the full gospel. You need to have the resurrection. The resurrection is not just a tag on because, you know, the cross is kind of depressing. It's kind of sad to be thinking about Jesus dead. So, you know, we'll kind of cheer things up a bit with the resurrection. That's not the way it is. The resurrection is central to this. When we go through uh, the book of Acts, when we go through the letters of Paul, we see over and over again this emphasis on the resurrection, even to the exclusion of the cross. I'm not saying that the cross isn't important. Of course, the cross is vital. It is so important. But it is important because the resurrection took place as well. Now, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself in terms of why the resurrection is important. Because it is the resurrection of Jesus that is the foundation of my faith. There are a lot of things that confuse me. There are a lot of things that make me wonder. And yet I always go back to the crucifixion and the resurrection. When I look at church history and I see the terrible crimes, the murders, the tortures that were done in the name of the church, it is really hard. But Jesus rose from the dead. When I watch the news and I see pastors and other church leaders doing terrible things, uh, abusing and uh, stealing and cheating and committing adultery and, and doing all kinds of things that are so hypocritical, it is hard on my faith. But Jesus rose from the dead. There are times when I'm reading the Bible and I'm going through it and I'm like, I don't understand this. This is so bizarre. This is so strange. I don't know what to do with this passage here somewhere or another. But Jesus rose from the dead. I don't know why bad things happen to good people. I don't know why we can pray one simple thing and God seems to respond right away. And then we pray for something much more serious and God seems to be silent. But Jesus rose from the dead. I'm aware of my own weaknesses, of the ways that I fail, of the ways that even when I, I try to do good, that I'm filled with pride over how well I've done. And yet Jesus has risen from the dead. That is what gives us a firm foundation for our faith. That's what I hold on to. The core of the Christian message is that Jesus has been raised. Not just that he came back to life so that he could live out the rest of his life and, and do all the things that he didn't have a chance to do before. Rather, he experienced the true resurrection, receiving a resurrection body and ascending to heaven. The same thing that will happen to us one day when Jesus returns. This is the message of hope, the resurrection that death is defeated, that it was impossible for death to hold on to Jesus. That gives us hope. As a church, as we are facing what is going on with COVID-19 and all of the uncertainty, as we are trying to get back to normal, but we don't know what normal looks like, we don't know what church looks like, uh, we don't know if there's going to be a second wave, we don't know if there's going to be a vaccination, we don't know so many different things. But Jesus rose from the dead. We can hold on to that. That is hope for the church. 
we also can have hope for ourselves as individuals. There's so much that we don't understand in our own lives. So many areas that we struggle with, and yet Jesus rose from the dead. This isn't just a symbol. It's not an image. It's not just a beautiful story. It's history. People witnessed it. It actually happened. And and because of that, we can have hope and assurance. Let us pray. God, we thank you that Jesus walked out of that empty tomb, that death was not able to hold him. In fact, it was never a fair fight. Jesus is always going to win. We thank you that because of that, we share in that hope, in all of the uncertainty of life and faith and everything else that goes on. Jesus rose from the dead, and we can move forward doing the next right thing because of that. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.